Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. And this is my first episode with me by myself recording. Uh, we are live here with Kiera Castleberry for episode 165 of your favorite Airbnb VRBO Share Economy podcast. And our guest today is in all of those, I believe. So it's going to be a really exciting episode. So definitely can't wait. So Kiera, how are you? I'm good, Micah. Thank you so much. I love your podcast so much, but um, I'm doing well. Just excited to do this. Give all my knowledge out. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm going to do it. <laughs> go bigger, go it. home. <laughs> so uh, what, what, okay, what sharing economy space are you in? Because I watch your, your uh, Instagram. I see uh-huh. you sometimes. I see you in Turo, in Higher Car. Are you in Higher Car? Um, we're in Turo only. Okay. Higher Car is not so popular in Houston yet. Really? Mm-mm. It's popular, but not like it is in like Atlanta. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so you're in Turo and Airbnb? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just okay. Airbnb. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For now. So, For now. Which, how long? Okay. How, when did you get started? Um, with Airbnb, I got started March 2019, and then with Toro, we just got started like this past December, so December 2020. And how many? How so, many cars you guys got? We have four, but now what we do, like we, so we started off with like a Tesla, Audi, and a Versa, and then we had our little Kia. It paid off. But we really like the Tesla so much, and we were building all these Airbnbs and buying all this furniture. So we were like, you know what? Let's just keep the Tesla and let the key pay off the Tesla. No, so we didn't even put the Tesla on unless it get book- it gets booked, and yeah, we'll like you know let go of it. But uh, nonetheless, like we have four. <laughs> I'm sorry, short. So hold on, y'all yeah. got four in four months. Yeah. So we got the first three. Um. Well, the Kia. We've been having it for like years, but the Versa or the other three, we got all at once. So it's like the Toro Play where you get like, you use your personal credit back then when we didn't know how to use our business credit to get cards, but we just use our personal credit and we could have got more, but we wanted to like see how we liked it first and then go from there. And we like it. Oh, now tell me about that personal credit play. How did you get those three real quick like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we didn't put any money down, no money out of pocket. Uh, so we had an 800 credit score. So it kind of gave us some leverage. So we, um, we, yeah, we got, you know, really good rates. And long story short, we got checks from outside banks, pre-approval checks, and then took them to the dealership. But the dealership didn't know about the checks until we got to financing after we made the deal and negotiated the price of the car. <laughs> ah, okay. yeah. that seems to be the play because the last person who came on they did the same thing so y'all just yeah. get go to the bank first mm-hmm. get the financing take it to the then you take it to the dealership negotiate yeah. then show them you're pre-approved yeah and i learned that from clubhouse and maddie J because we talked about it a little bit on this podcast and we said let's try it it worked <laughs> it really worked wow i gotta mm-hmm. i definitely gotta hop in now, you have now to. you're now, you're also an Airbnb. Now, I have a question. Which one do you like um, better? It's easier to get into Turo, but Airbnb is overall easier. Ooh, got to go into that. Yeah. I love, I love <laughs> yeah. you said that. I love that you said that yeah. because the, the vibe that I get, every time mm-hmm. I talk to somebody from Turo, 
it doesn't seem passive. It's not because you have to, I mean, so first of all, Houston, just like Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth, we have two big airports. So you can have people coming in from either airport and they're like an hour and a half away from each other almost Mm -hmm. with traffic. You just have to do the work of driving to the airport or, okay, so here's the thing. If you're not like in a central location from what we figured, because Andre's brother's also in it and we were able to kind of see like how he does it. He's in a central location in Houston. So like if like people are more likely to book from his location than they are from the airport since he's central versus us, we live outside of the city kind of. So like, I guess the algorithm just doesn't pick us up on Toro. So more, most people like book us, book the airport. They don't want to drive out here to pick it up. That makes sense. If that makes sense. Yeah. So the work is just driving unless you can find some. But the thing is, I don't think in the beginning you make enough on Toro to like hire somebody out. Like you just don't. You won't be making any money. You'll just be breaking even. Really? Yeah. And we tried we tried it so many ways. It just didn't make sense. Even with like the fee, it just still because they take forty percent of your earnings too. Wait, forty? Yeah, we're on the 60-40 plan. They have 60-40, 70-30, 75-25, 80-20, and then, like, another one, 85-15. But they get worse progressively. But since we have luxury cars, we have to be on a 60-40 because we're not trying to – this is it's just crazy. It's kind of crazy. They take a lot. <laughs> so how do they justify those plans? Like, hey, this is the 60-40 for you. This is the 80-20 for you. How do you get on the 80-20? Oh, so you can choose. You can choose per trip what you want. Um, what's so crazy, too, is they actually take insurance from the guests, too, so they make money on both sides. But nonetheless, with the 60-40, the benefits is, like, if your car gets into an accident um, with the guest, then, you know, you will get paid, I think, up to two weeks of it not being on the platform, market value. And then also, like, like oh, you can submit, you know, you can submit, like, claims for, like, wear and tear and, like, small scratches. But on the other plans, every other plan, you can't. You don't get that extra, you know, you don't get that extra money if you get hit. Um, but I think for the, the top two plans, so 60-40 and 70-30, you do get, like, paid a rental car if your car gets hit. But, like, you get, like, I don't know, you just get way more than 60-40. And we're okay with it. Mm-hmm. It pays the bills. Man, it's expensive. It's way worse than Airbnb because Airbnb is 30%. Yeah. Okay. It's so, crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And then, like, so it's. And I also hear this about Turo as well, like the systems around it. Like, okay, Airbnb, you can set up your automated messaging and not worry about There's it. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no systems. I'm waiting for someone to create one. I don't have the time. I hope, I know someone's working on one. There's nothing. There's nothing like AirDNA, Price Labs, Wheelhouse. There's nothing. <laughs> mm, so like, so like, okay, so how do y'all do market research? Like, hey, I want to get this Ultima right here and it's about to be the you one. You can't. You can because the thing is, if everything's booked out, you, you don't know what's on the market. Like with Airbnb, I feel like it's a little different, but with Turo, because Airbnb, you can go on sites like AirDNA and see your competition, although it might be like, a, like backdated by a month or two. But on Turo, there's no way you see it, like you'll see it. And then with all the cars being booked out right now, with like the, there's a shortage in the car rental market. Because, um, you know, like, well, I don't know if you know, but, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of uh, airport what is it called? Airport room car companies closed down and sold all their cars. So there's like a real shortage. It's hard, like, it's hard to do any research. You can only really go off of what other people are saying. Um, but we found that economy cars are the best. The best guests, it's best mileage. It's, we, I love the economy cars. So you, it's not really a one that you like. It's just Airbnb and tour. It's just different. Like They're different. Yeah. Okay. And then Air, you already know, furnishing is a lot. 
Okay. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. But after you're done furnishing, it's a breeze. You just have to find a cleaner. Uh, show them how you, want it, how you want it clean. Let them know up front, you know, what needs to be done. Don't be shy. And you're good. You'll never ever have to see that Airbnb again. So you go see your car every time you come back. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fun stuff. I can't wait to talk to you in five, ten, fifteen cars. See, and then my goal was when I hopped into Toro, I want to hop in with at least minimum five cars. Like I don't want. Okay. Okay. I don't want to test one, but I really yeah. wanted to hop in, hop in the higher car. But if it's not mm. that popular here, I don't know how to gauge it. Then, like, uh, how did you gauge the popularity of higher car in Houston? Oh, there were like no. Oh, actually, I just thought about it. Um, I think there was just, like, less data. Like, there was really no cars. We checked, like, months in advance. There were, like, there was, no, there was like six cars available in the whole city of Houston. But I, I just, something that I just know people aren't using it. Yeah, so it's not popular here. I feel like it's different than Toro. Because Toro, if you don't see any cars, that means everything's being booked out. But with higher car, if I book four, three, five months in advance and I don't see anything, then clearly this is all that's on the market. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and so where do you, now your Airbnb, so you're based out of, where are you based out of? Houston? Houston. Okay. Houston, Texas, baby. <laughs> so you're only, now, are your uh, Airbnbs, they're all in the city of Houston? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we started in Virginia, and then my husband got the military in December, this past December, and then we moved back to Texas, and it's like, let's start from scratch again. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so we built them from scratch. Ooh, now what part of Houston are y'all in? Okay, so hmm. I freaking love Heights, Montrose, Midtown, Med Center. If you're in any of those, like you're good. Like you're set, set. I love the Med Center. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's good. Okay. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, one thing I realized, I don't know if this is, I don't know why I'm whispering, but we took, and I think it, I think it can work for every market, but we have people who are basically staying in our properties because of insurance claims, right? Or because they had a surgery or anything at all. But the thing is, the people who are staying in our property are from the city, but like places like the Heights, which are high earning areas, people, when they, like, if they have a standard Airbnb, they're going to want to stay in the Heights. They don't want to go to the South Side of Houston, or they don't want to go to, they don't want to go to, you know, the not so popular areas of Houston. They want to stay where the money's at. So what I realized is if you can stay in like a good area where it's like high income areas, then you'll have a higher potential to have people in the city who are willing to pay that price because they're already paying those kind of prices for their rents and stuff or for their mortgages. Facts. It's crazy. Facts. Yes. Yeah, so I'm loving the uh, med center market. I, I do notice you get a variety of guests. You not only get traveling nurses, Everything. but also get the people coming into town, going through yeah. chemo, you know, you get it all, you know. Everything. So, Sports games, out of town, or just passing through Houston, everything. Yeah. See, I haven't had the sports crowd as of yet, and I don't think oh. I've had it. I haven't had it okay. long But I'm like, okay. we're like, we're on Kirby, so we're right there. Right okay, there, okay. <laughs> right there by the stadium, because I can't wait yeah. for that crowd, you know. But oh. everything's been booked. We've been mm -hmm. booked, like, months on top of months in advance. Yeah, it's crazy. yeah. Yep, and it's going to stay that way. I feel like it's not going to change. Especially yeah. COVID. I think, mm -hmm. if anything, COVID made the market better. <laughs> Honestly. It really did. Because it, mm -hmm. it, and then, uh, yeah, you were there this weekend um, uh -huh. at the uh, event, but we all went to a short-term rental uh, dinner afterwards. Oh, uh, uh, Yeah, that. we wish you would have came. It was really <laughs> But um, um, a friend of the show, he actually said the only thing 
he loves the money that COVID provided. Uh-huh. Now, I'm going to ask if this applies to you. But mm-hmm. he said the level of guests went down. How do you, mm-hmm. do you did you kind of experience that where, you know, your place probably wasn't as clean or, you know, getting a bad, bad guest? How did, did you experience that? Mm, so, okay, I guess I'm a little biased because I started in Virginia and we had the best guests. Mm-hmm. Um, in Houston, I guess you could say, yeah. I, so it's because of COVID. I thought it was just because Houston had bad guests. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, y'all guess suck here. <laughs> so, like, there is a, not the same. so there is a guess difference between Houston and Virginia. Virginia. Oh, my gosh. Unless it's just because of COVID. But, yeah, guests in Virginia, oh, my gosh, I love them. They didn't ask for much. They paid the nightly rate. They didn't try to ask you for discounts. Left your place clean, super sweet, left us gifts. I mean, the people here do leave us gifts and flowers and all that. But it just wasn't – I don't know. I still love our guests. They're just not. They're just not the same guests. Yeah, I, that's yeah. crazy. But that's that's really cool that you're able to see it in different markets. Like, hey, yeah. you know, this type of guest here, yeah. and this yeah. type of guest. I mean, it happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially depending on what part of Houston you in. Yeah. No, for real. But I mean, the guests aren't bad. I think it's just I'm used to walking in and it looking like they didn't even stay there. Mm-hmm. It's not like that in Houston. Like they they stayed there. <laughs> so I don't know. I like those. No. So uh, now are you doing, are you buying, arbitraging, co-hosting? How are you getting your units? Oh, so we do arbitrage um, mainly because we were in military. So with military, you never know what's going to happen. So we, we're fresh out of the military. So now we can like focus on like a plan for building up and buying. But with real estate being so expensive right now, we're like, okay, well, I guess we got to wait. We'll just build up the cash flow and wait until like maybe moratoriums are up or something. I don't know yet. So we're just waiting on that oh. to buy some properties. That's what's up. More yeah. just came up, so you're good to do that. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, it happened like two weeks ago. Moratorium. Oh, book. what? Hey, yeah, I made a big deal out of that one. Yeah, it just happened like, I think two weeks ago or so. But. Oh, let me write that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's over with. But, but the thing is, though, this is how you have to kind of look at it, though. It's over. But, I mean, ain't nobody about to get evicted because the eviction line backed all the way up. So, it's. Oh my God. Yeah, so it's like, okay, it's over, but you know what I'm saying? Now you got all these people putting all these evictions in. That don't huh. back up, so you got to wait in line. So that's why I'm kind of, you know, I, I would say you, you, it's up, but I was treated like it's still in. Because if you go buy a property with somebody uh-huh. in it, it's going to be hard to get them out. Dang, I didn't know that. I hope by like June, July. Well, wait, wasn't that judge who lifted it? Mm-hmm. the city? Okay. I read about that. I didn't know that's what I was talking about, but that's good to know. So I need to talk to my realtor. Oh, <laughs> a yeah. couple of realtors. Yeah. So, and, and on, since you said y'all both, y'all, both of y'all, well, you're one of y'all's military, right? My okay. husband, yeah. yeah okay. So military. are y'all planning on using the VAs, the VA loan? Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of the VA, you can get like a fourplex. I don't, I don't want anything less than that. You can get up to a fourplex. And then like, um, for those watching, there's a thing called a VA renovation loan or VA, VA rehabilitation loan. And it's like, no one knows about it. And if you go Google it, and first of all, there's a little information on it. But secondly, if you can find a property that needs a little work and it passes like the rules for their VA rehab loan, they'll give you a percent down, get your renovations, and then go about your day. Whoa, hold on, Matt. I've never heard of the VA rehabilitation loan because I'm real big on the whole military loans and VA loans. Mm -hmm. Hold on. So now do you have to live in the property afterwards or? Yes. 
Um, but only for I think six months of a year. Are you depends on your state or your your loan? I don't know. But you do have to live in it for at least a year. A year at most, no more than that. Okay. And mm-hmm. that's it. So just living it a year. You can fi- really fix it up. Exactly. Refinance it when you're done, bounce to the next one. Yeah, because yeah. I, I love the the fourplex VA play. I know people who get four, four, yeah. or get up to sixteen and then go yeah. live in yeah. one of them. But the rest it's of them so pay. smart. It's so smart. It makes the most sense. Like who why would you why would you pay any money to get a property? Why? Fact. You know? So I love it. Yeah. So now on your arbitrages, because I have a good question for you. A question I was thinking of for you. <laughs> on your arbitrages, do you negotiate like any rent concessions, making sure it's a good deal? And mm-hmm. if you do, like what do you negotiate? Okay, so this is what I always tell people. Um, I think the thing is everyone's so scared of the word negotiation because they'd be like, I don't want, you know, I don't I don't want to negotiate. I don't know how. Honestly, we tell people it's just about asking. Just ask for what you want. So for us, um, for example, uh, we tour the properties and we make sure we notice every little thing. If it's the smallest thing, we make sure that the property managers or the landlords know so that um, we can like get weeks free per se if they have to get it fixed. Um, but what we try to do is we negotiate two weeks free on all of our leases. Um, and that helps us in like the startup cost because like we don't want to have to pay any money upfront um, for the properties. So basically if we can furnish in a week, and then get it up in a week to Airbnb, then we'll be making money for a week for free. So like it's all profit and then everything after that would be like the real money you're making, I guess. So we tried that and then we negotiate down the rent too if we get multiple units. Um, but what I realized too, negotiation ha- or I guess tactic is people usually meet in the middle. So if you'd be like, if the rent is 1400, and you're like, can we do 1200 since we're getting three units? So I was like, I can do 13. Well, people usually like either they say yes to what you say or they always be in the middle. Always. Ooh, okay. So come yeah. in the middle. Always ask. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you Just always ask. negotiate two weeks free? Yeah. I mean the worst thing to say is no. But if you explain your business plan and like they understand your business model, then usually they're like, Okay, this kind of makes sense. Cool. And if you if you're like, Okay, I'll add on an extra month, you know, just get those two weeks free. Like I'll do a thirteen month lease instead of twelve. So you don't have to worry about a tenant for 13 or finding a tenant for 13 instead of 12 months. And they're like, okay, well, usually if they understand your business plan, mm. they got to understand, you got to, they got to understand what you're doing. They got to be interested and you got to persuade them. <laughs> really? Man, no, this is good. Okay. So now, yeah. okay. With you negotiating that and you saying mm-hmm. you want the two weeks or a couple weeks free, so you can go ahead and get this place up first. How do like, what's your process for getting, this is what I'm struggling with. What is your process for getting it up and running as fast as possible at the most co- cost-effective way? Honestly, the only way you can do it is if you space out the uh, move-in dates. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing you can do. But the hard thing about it is I feel like with the landlords and small owners, because we go the landlord route, um, and sometimes they just want to start all in one day because they, like, they, see, they see things differently than a big apartment complex. But I feel like the only way you can do that is spacing your lease starts a week out, like a week out. And making sure that in that five to seven days, you're like going all in. Because we made the mistake of like grouping ours. So we had three units um, that started, their leases started on the same day. Um, mm-hmm. Then three more that started on the same day. Then another one that started on the same day or like two weeks after. And we realized like, oh, we're so, we're so happy we're getting these leases. But then we realized we should have spaced it apart. Mm-hmm. 
a week at a time. So we'll get one now, then we'll get two in a week, and then we'll get two after that. I would do that instead. I feel like that's the only way. Yeah, because uh, now you're sitting here stuck. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and you're yeah. trying to get a bunch. See, and I just yeah. did that. I had to get a bunch up. Matter of fact, uh-huh. we just got four of them up today, and I still got one more to get up right now, and I got uh-huh. another one in a yeah. <laughs> yeah. It so it's, it's a lot. Now you you it's said yeah you said something real important. You said uh-huh. you only do landlords. Mm-hmm. So so you don't do apartments now. So when you say you only do landlords. Mm-hmm. Are you doing houses or? So let's talk about it. That's this is cool. how I feel. Everyone on YouTube, the university, and everyone on the internet is like, just do it. Start Airbnb, get an Airbnb. What people hear is, oh, this apartment will let me do Airbnb, and you're doing an apartment too. I'll just go get a lease in my name, right? But the thing is, people don't know to le- read through their leases, and they don't know that, like, if you leave, like they cannot sublease in their name. There are some people, they know that they're supposed to do it in the business and then they go to an apartment complex and the apartment complex is like, yeah, we'll do corporate leases. We'll let you do an Airbnb, but you can, or we'll let you, you know, have a corporate lease, but you cannot do Airbnb and people can't stay less than 30 days, right? Mm-hmm. So then they're like, okay, whatever. And then they end up doing what they're not supposed to do and they get evicted. And there's people like me. I don't do, I don't deal with the big apartment complexes. They're corporate entities. They have, you know, everyone has a boss and everything just frauds up. They, it's just too much versus if you're working with a landlord or a small property owner who owns less than 30 units in like a, a, you know, a one bed, one bath apartment, like unit, like, you know, like basically a bunch of one bed, one baths, or like a, even a fourplex or a duplex is so much easier to get them to say yes to Airbnb because you can kind of show them the benefits. They're willing to listen. Those corporate entities, they're not willing to listen. But a landlord is willing to say, okay, you get paid up front. Okay, cool. If anything happens, it's covered because of your insurance. Okay, cool. Like just all this stuff. It's just so much more beneficial, but we don't do any houses. We only do like small complexes. Oh, no, no. I have a question. If you're doing small complexes, Mm -hmm. are you doing like, hey, a 10 unit? something like that but but one landlord owns it um well it depends sometimes it's like that sometimes it's like multiple investors okay. uh those are the easiest to get because usually the investors they under they understand business in a way so mm-hmm. they know that you have a business model and if your business model works then they're cool with it because they invested in this property and if you have the proof then you're, you're good to go just prove that your business model works this is another thing Big apartment complexes, sometimes if you can't prove your business model that Airbnb works, they don't want to work with you. So I tell people, okay, that's under the apartments, do a landlord because that landlord can not only be a reference, but they can also be, um, they can, you know, tell the big apartment complex that it worked because they usually need three business references and three trade lines. So mm-hmm. get, three, get three small, you know, Airbnb, small units with landlords and then scale up. I like it. See, I like that. Yeah. This is why I love this podcast because there's so <laughs> many different directions that you can go and you yeah. found a niche with the small landlords and yeah. you're killing it. Yeah. I love that. Now, yeah. this is my question. Now, how do you go and find those landlords? Okay, so I think I'm lucky because I live in Texas and we have hard.com, but um, hard.com is basically like a Zillow. The thing about Zillow, though, is for a lot of cities, I don't know why people aren't using it as much anymore. But um, if you can, this is a little hack, I would say, is to get with a landlord who has access to the MLS because har.com, H-A-R, is basically the, the MLS. Um, and if you can get with a, um, a realtor and have them look, at, look through the MLS for you and kind of 
you know, show you the properties that interest you or fit your business model, work in your zip codes, work for whatever you're doing, then have them send you those listings over. And they can also, if you don't want to have to ask, they can ask for you about Airbnb. A lot of people have that problem. They don't like asking, but you don't want to just find, find a realtor. But be serious because if you if you work with a realtor for like a week or two or two weeks and you don't agree to anything, they just will be like, forget this. I'm not doing it anymore. You don't want to lose anyone good. So don't be pick, don't y'all listen and don't be nitpicking every little thing at these properties. Take advantage of those little things that are wrong and then get some weeks free. Ooh, I like that. You just find yeah. what's wrong and use that to your advantage. Yep. That's a negotiation. Use it to your <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Wow. So okay. So you you're doing you going up to the small landlords. I love that. I've never mm-hmm. even I need to start doing it. I've heard people yeah. say I need to start doing that. It it helps. I don't even want to go to apartments anymore. <laughs> to be honest with you. Mm-mm. So right now, what are your plans for? Are you planning on expanding? Yeah, we were looking at some properties today, um, but I think we're Airbnb out. I think today's the third day that we've been done since since January, like the third day where we can kind of do what we want. And I think I just, I want to take a break. I have clients, I have uh, five one-on-one clients and they all together have like 11 Airbnbs. So I count their successes too, because they've been on the journey with me. So I'm like, all right, I'll help them build up. I'm good though, <laughs> honestly. Wow. And how many units are you up to now? Eight. So I'm- you- when did, and when did you start in Houston? Um, okay, so, oh, I have a story for you. So we got our LLC for this business in January because we, had, we didn't want to do foreign qualification because in Texas it's expensive. So we just started a whole new LLC instead of using our old one. Um, and then found something in January, moved in February. It didn't work out with the landlord. Um, it's a whole story. But we ended up having to move out of that unit. And then a month later in March, um, we got like, a bunch more. So this this is from March to May. So we've been like working since January. You yeah. got eight units up from March to May, and you nine, got four nine. nine, and <laughs> yeah, four minus one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang, you've been hustling. Yeah. Wow. How do you manage to do all that? Ah, that's a good question. Automation. <laughs> automation. <laughs> I couldn't do it without automation. So what do you use? Oh, this is a good question then. So what do you use to automate your short term rental business? Airbnb sounds crazy, but their messaging system is good. The only negative is that if someone books, um, because my system or my like, for example, I have like the five messages I send, like, well, as soon as they book, when they check in, when they check out, to check in on them during their stay, and then I think to make sure they got their message, like they got the message to make sure they they can get in and stuff. Um, but the only the only negative about using Airbnb is. If my, if my check-in message, like the system says, like send the check-in message two days before their stay, if someone books a day before their stay, it doesn't send out of a message. So I'm trying to figure that out. Ooh, yeah. And the reason, yeah, why the, only thing. the reason why I did that is because we just, uh, I, you know, I canceled Smart B&B. Oh, you did. I saw that. Yeah, I, first. <laughs> yeah I canceled Smart B&B. Mm-hmm. And I canceled it because I already had your porter for like my uh, arbitrage, not my arbitrage properties, but properties. Well, the properties I own, the properties are arbitrage outside of my timeshare properties. But our timeshare properties, we 100% switched to the Airbnb messaging system. Uh, but I didn't, and, and we're testing it, but I didn't know this, what you just said. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. okay. So if you tell them to send a message two days before, but they book mm-hmm. the day of, it ain't going to yeah. send a message. It's not going to send. Yeah. So there's a hole in their system there. Yeah. There's a hole there. There's a hole there. Like, I wish it would, it would backdate and know like, oh, like, mm-hmm. 
you know. So like, like smart today, BP would do it. Yeah, yeah. So you don't like use today, smart we had BP a guest who did it. Mm-mm. I don't. The only thing I use is Airbnb and Price Labs, but that's it. Oh, so you're a hundred percent on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. But I've been I've been studying Airbnb for years. I've been using it for years, so I know it in and out. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and so you yeah. only using their messaging system, which mm-hmm. I did after I looked at it. But only reason I don't just do Airbnb is oh. because Verbo, especially mm-hmm. down in Houston, I was getting a lot of reservations through them when I first started. So do I, you you know Sasha and Brittany? Sasha and Brittany. They were sitting in front of you at the uh, event. They were on the bars. If I see them, I probably know. I think I do. Yeah, yeah I think I do. I th- yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They actually have been using VRBO for their units and they have been getting booked. The crazy part is on AirDNA, AirDNA says like only 4% of Houston uses a VRBO. So there's a market for it. No one's on it yet. <laughs> but people are using it. And she says her, they say they, their best guests are on VRBO. Uh, I've, I've noticed Verbo guests are mm-hmm. usually older. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So you, one, you're going to get a better guest and, you know, something they is hustling. In Houston. Because in Virginia, it's backwards. The VRBO in, in Virginia, the guests are just... Really? <laughs> They're hard, yeah. See, and I've, I've noticed... I don't know if you've noticed with VRBO. Mm-hmm. Like, I notice I get a lot more people on VRBO in, like, rural areas. Oh, huh. Yeah, like, South huh. Carolina, Verbo's real uh-huh. big. Parts of Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um, and then I was shocked by Southwest Houston. Southwest Houston big verb. Like yeah, I, anybody in Houston, like if you in like the med center, you'll get a lot of bookings through Verbo. Really? Mm-hmm. And, and I always raise my Verbo rates. I raise them like fifty to seventy five dollars more a night, and they still book. Okay, have you tried Peer Space? Okay, this is my problem with Peer Space. I'm happy <laughs> you brought it up. Right. My issue with Peer Space is this. They don't have any iCal syncing to where oh. that's my issue. And I'm not on site to where, see, and that's why I kind of want, have you, have you done it? No, but I'm about like the people I know who are doing it, they are banking. Regular old properties. Peer space is a killer. Oh yeah. All you, all you have to do is do something different. Like do something that no one else is doing. That's it. See, and I got all my Houston units are themed. We had a designer mm. theme, and so that's what. And somebody booked it for like one twenty an hour, but I couldn't host it because it doesn't link, and it was already booked. So I was like, "Dang!" And it was like for like four hours. I'm like, "Wow!" But I, that had me thinking, like, "Hold on, if I can get these people uh-huh. to book for one twenty an hour, forget one twenty a night. Yeah. <laughs> that's the fun. Yeah. Think about it." So uh-huh. that's my only issue with PeerSpace. And I really want to find out, like, the people who are doing it, like, like I know Maddie J does it. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are really doing the PeerSpace thing. How are you – you have to have somebody in place monitoring it. Out. Yeah, like, if it gets booked, like, be there, like, up and running. The thing is, um, I know I was on a clubhouse with TJ, and I think he was on there with, like, PeerSpace's co-founders. And mm-hmm. I think just co-people – and um, they were saying that they were in the works of it. And that was a couple of months ago. That was like at least in December, January, and it's May. So hopefully soon we'll see something like that. Because I think if that's the case, oh, my gosh, they're booking rules. And I see because I, I talked to the co-founder mm-hmm. after that. Okay, okay. I, I talked to him and he said, <laughs> yeah. he was like, yeah, man, we're going to try to get the iCal link. Because I'm like, because <sighs> what's going to happen? But it is what I feel is going to happen. 
Once you have that iCal link set up, first off, the bookings don't go through the roof. Mm. Once you have that iCal link set up, mm -hmm. I think iCal is now going to hit a different situation to where they're oh. going to have to start doing it on an hourly basis and start kind of changing their algorithm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because Peer Space, I was looking at that, and we got booked in Houston. I was like, dang, I couldn't honor it. I mean, man, think about one hour versus one night stays. Easy. Nobody's in the bathroom. No one's using the appliances. Probably don't have to change out the covers. Like, perfect. Like, the perfect. And most the perfect of the people, material. they're just using it for, I believe, like photo shoots. Photo shoots. That's yeah. it. I was That's like, it. I was looking for one. Really? Yeah. Like, Pearspace, oh. if y'all watching this, I'm telling y'all, you are you are missing out on a huge market. If y'all don't get that iCal, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Pearspace, yeah, they missed it with that one. They should have had that yeah. iCal day one. They would have been. And they should have. It. Because mm -hmm. that, that business idea was genius. It is. Yep. Yep. Wow. Absolutely right. Yeah. I definitely mm -hmm. got to look into Pearspace. That is my, my goal. So now, this is a question. So you said you're doing your furnishings and all that. Mm -hmm. Now, how are you funding your deals? Are you just funding them out of pocket? Are you using mm -hmm. business lines of credit? How are you doing that? We do both. So um, it depends. So if we have like a 0% interest card, we'll use that. And then also same for business credit. Because like with the 0% interest, like I'm okay with my credit utilization getting hit. If it gets paid off, our credit score is going back up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then also we did use American Express Business Platinum for a couple of them just because they have like a really good startup reward. And like, we got to spend some money on this car so we can get like this, these bonus points. And we ended up getting them like, I think 150,000 bonus points. Now we're like 190, which is crazy. Mm. Um, so well, we've been, I think you kind of sparked the idea too, because we learned that in your timeshare course. We were like, oh, we get to get this points thing. Like, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to get these cars that you got. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see, and I just started. I just started that. I just got an American mm -hmm. Express Gold card. Uh, now I want to learn about this American Express. You said, because they have zero percent APRs. No, not for the bit, not for the platinum. Um, but because you have it's a charge card, so you have to pay it off in full. I think the gold one is too. So you mm -hmm. got to pay it off in full every month. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you it's never. Yeah. Okay, so the time shares. Have you started yet? We were talking about it. We were talking about it. But I think that that market is tapped out. Like, I think it's hard to find them on eBay. They're hard. Yeah, they are. They're hard. Think, They're hard. And I think people catching on to it. They are. They did. They did because you can tell. You can tell the people who are posting and selling them, they caught on. I think the people <laughs> selling them caught on, not the people buying. Yeah. Um, and I think they found, get into it. Yeah, and I think there are people found like, oh, it's a market for it. Like people it's want to buy for business purposes and people yeah. are starting to see it. Yeah. But yeah, that's really one of my favorite models. I, I'm ha I actually got in really, really early. And once I found out, I was like, wow. This yeah. Is crazy. <laughs> that's how I feel about the landlord play. I've heard and coaching. Ooh, I don't know. But with like landlords, like I feel like that's the new route. In a couple of years, it's going to be hard. And then for coaching, I feel like it's the same. I got in at a good time. But it's starting to become like very scammy in the industry. So I feel like we got in at a very good time. Just prove yourself, show that your model works. Like I said, you know, provide what you say you're going to provide and you'll be fine. Mm, I like that. I, mm -hmm. See, I've never, I've talked to, have I ever done a landlord? I have. I did. I did okay. a landlord out of a condo, uh -huh. but we did 100% corporate. 
Gotcha. I, I need you. to start doing that, going to the landlord host. That might be the, the landlord's. Oh my now, gosh. let's say they say no. Do you, would you ever be like, okay, they said no, I'm going to go start. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can co-host for them. You won't. I figure out what their pain point is. Like, what's their reason? Is it you don't like Airbnb? Do you not like, um, like, what is the reason you don't want to? I have to understand because if I can't under- educate you on my business and what I do, then you won't, wanna, you won't even want me to co-host. So there's so many oppositions that people have. Like, um, I'm a, like, I get this all the time. Like, I'm a landlord. I'll be liable for everything. Like, I can't, I'm sorry. I'm just not interested. So then that's when you break down like proper insurance and understand or whatever short-term interest insurance you're using, like break it down and let them know. Like, if anything happens, not only are you paid for the days that you're not, you know, that your place is not being used. So AKA they're still getting paid, but also we have a million dollar liability coverage. So if something happens, you're good. Like you're good to go. And then also like, what's another objection? Like they always say, um, uh, they don't like the in and out. Like they don't like the in and out. Like they're scared that their other tenants won't like it. Well, you have to think about like what, what will make other tenants feel safe and what will make your landlord feel safe too. You have to tell them like, you have to, you have to you have to talk to somebody like like us who knows that like with Airbnb you can have you can have the option for people to have their government ID on file. You have you can have the option to have a profile photo. And then if you feel if you do a, a soft background check after you get their first and last name and you see that you know they went to prison or something or fell in or you just don't trust it and whatever the case may be, you can call Airbnb and let them know that they'll route that up and do a background check for you. Why? Because they're public now. Airbnb's public. They don't want any felons or whatever the case may be on their app. If you feel unsafe, truly by a guest, all these things are covered. And you just have to let the landlord know that. Let them know that they're safe, they're covered, you have a company that's doing it, and let them know that this is not an Airbnb business. It's a short-term rental business. And we just market on Airbnb. It's one of the many. Just like companies market on Google and Facebook and Instagram, Airbnb is just a marketing platform. With the business, you got to grow somehow. So how are we going to grow? We grow through Airbnb, VRBO, Google, whatever the case may be. And there's so many other, but so many other ones. But. Ooh, I like it. You got it down to a T. Man. No, I, I have one. I have a couple more questions for you. One okay. of them I seen on your uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. the August locks. I've been watching you uh, post your little August locks. Now, since I think it works perfectly for you. How, how do you mm-hmm. feel about those locks? Um, we've been using them for two years, and I love them. I love them for the guests. I think it's just the only negative about the August log is the battery life, but I'm okay with replacing batteries every three to four months, personally. People complain about that. I don't mind. And then also another negative is, um, what's another word? Um, also, another negative with the August log is, uh, what's another? I don't know. Oh, well, it doesn't have a camera, so you would have to buy a separate camera. Um, because I know people want to like see what their guests are doing, but I'm like, I don't want to know. I'd rather, I'd rather be ignorant. I'll just, you know, see if someone calls me and tells me that a party's happening or something, which they won't happen because we have a very like structured and um, thorough like system. Then, you know, we'll figure that out. Mm. So you don't use camera? You don't use like ring doorbells or anything? Mm-mm. But we know our guests. We know why they're coming in. And our pre-booking message on Airbnb um, that's required, they have to tell us why they're coming into town. If they try to dodge that question, we don't let them stay. Okay. So, like, how do you – you don't have any noise monitoring, anything? Mm-mm. Really? So you just do everything straight up front? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's like knowing your guests. So our guests really are coming in for business. Like, we – it's all in how you market your place. 
if you market it to a party or if you got beer pong tables, if you got, you know, bars in your description, like, of course, those are the kind of people you're going to get, you know? So it's all in how you market. It's all in how you market. I like it. So, so how do you, what, 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 uh, so how big are your units? That's uh, one bedrooms. They're all one bedrooms. You're only doing the one bedrooms. Only one bedrooms. And how's that working for you now? Is it, because I've been hearing the oversaturation. How's it working for you? Oh, it's working. We stay booked. Let me, let me pull my calendar. I mean, this, the calendar is the proof, okay? <laughs> the proof is in the calendar. Yeah. So, so the one bedroom play, it seems to still be working in Houston. Okay, because I have, tell you what, I have four one bedrooms in Houston. Mm-hmm. They are all booked. Now my two bedroom got booked the day we signed the lease, and I ain't we ain't uh, seen it today. Yeah, and haven't seen it, huh? We ain't seen it. We ain't had nobody in there, which is kind yeah. of sometimes a little scary. But you know, but it's through a company that we know, through a company that we did a business deal with. Um, but yeah, so the one bedroom is still a hit out there. Yeah, and then I realized my guests might be like watching in the future, and I don't want to like put their names out there, but yeah. They, they're booked. That's all I can say is all of our properties are currently occupied right now, besides one. And that one's going to be occupied in like two days. And that's because we had a turnover. We got cleanup. But. Now, what, what's your average length of stay? Are they staying like monthly? Oh, they say weekly, monthly. We don't really get weekend stays besides the one where we market for like weekenders. So our um, Montrose property. So like in the description, for example, we have like bars and stuff in the area. So those are more like weekenders, but we make a lot on the weekend. So if we get within the week, we're like, okay, that's just extra money. Um, oh, so hold on. So you have, now you have a one, so th- this is a one bedroom as well, right? Mm-hmm. So in bedroom. Ooh, and it's literally like walking distance to like all the clubs, all of them. <laughs> so, really? And bars, yep. Hold on, see, that might be a play. I didn't think of that. If you do have a one bedroom properly located, mm-hmm. you can then up the price on the weekends oh, and making all your money. Wow. Oh my gosh. On Pride Weekend, we're up to three fifty nine a night on a one bedroom. Three fifty a night? Three fifty nine, yeah. July 4th, I'm pretty sure is higher than that. So I'm like, honestly, if we get booked every weekend, which we do, rents pay and we made a profit. If we get during, get booked during the week, okay, that's just more money. Yeah. That is crazy. Everybody who comes on here, they always give me little extra gems. Like I didn't yeah. get you a one bedroom in a great located place. Mm-hmm. Have the weekends booked up. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. Okay. So you're liking the August lock. The August lock, okay. It does it for you. It does a job. Like you can, you know, do it from anywhere in the world. The thing is, I think August needs to do a better job of explaining how to use the um, the lock. Um, so we understand it. We understand it, but not everyone's gonna know. Like when you install the lock, make sure it's, make sure that your door is actually locked. There's little things like that they don't tell you, and like they don't really teach you how to calibrate. They show you on paper, but they don't give. I don't know. I just think there's like a lot of user error. That's why people don't like it. But somebody needs to do a better class on how to use August because it's testing since size bird. I love it. Question about August too. Now, do you have like sometimes you get guests that don't know how to get the app and unlock it or how often you don't hate that very often? Um, so we use the keypad and the app. So the reason we do the keypad is because when we first started Airbnb, I realized that we were in a place where we were by a lot of bars. People's phones die at like two or three in the morning and they might not be able to use their phones. So 
what are they going to always remember? Their own phone number. So we gave them the last four digits of their phone numbers for their keypad code in case their phones ever die. So they can either use the app or they can use a keypad, but they're going to know how to use it at least once. So we don't get any questions. We have thorough instructions on how to use that thing. So we don't get any questions on check-in ever. So I like that. So yeah, because I think that was one of the reasons too, like the users, but if you figure out a way where they can use it, not get locked out, their phone's dead. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. Now you here goes. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you have, and the keypad even works without wi- without Wi-Fi. It's all Bluetooth. Well, actually, with the keypad, you don't need anything. It just needs to be by the lock to work. Even if the power is out outside, it's still gonna work. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Now, do you allow pets at your places? You don't do pets. Mm-mm. Why not? Because who wants to have to replace a couch or a bed or like I don't have the time for that. I'm not willing. I don't feel like having to replace a rug between stays, personally. Smart move. I just did. Yeah. I, w- I was like literally all against pets until this year, the pandemic uh-huh. hit. And I realized there were so many people traveling with pets. And uh-huh. I just got my first complaint about a pet, about hair. But then I talked to my mastermind group. They were like, oh, uh, my guy, he was like, oh, you have to get the, the uh, cleaners to take a lint roller and roll it over. And everything. roll up everything. My, I don't have the time for that. We don't see, have yeah, time. see, and I was like, dang, but I'm missing the value add. But at the same time, I'm like. The only hard. way it will work is like if you're charging them. Okay, well, we did have a lady who wants to stay at our property and she had two cats. And I told her, okay, you can, but it's going to be 250 extra per cat. Um, and she ended up finding someone who like, exempt her she didn't have to pay anything so she says but the thing is even with that 500 extra dollars three percent is getting taken off is it worth it to me no if i have to replace something it's not guaranteed that you're going to pay me back you're not you're going to pay me back for this couch that your cat your cat your cat scratched up or your dog's pooped on like it's not worth it to me right now it's just mm. i don't know i'll let someone else that's just not my audience i don't know I know, because I just, I just hopped in, and I'm like, eh, I just heard the yes on the, and I'm like, when I wasn't having these issues, but it's the first one, so I'm going to see. But We'll see, but I'd rather not have it, because here's another thing, I'm very, like, very specific on how I like all my properties, I don't like hair, no hair anywhere so if i if i have a pet stand there i know i'm gonna be there until the next person comes trying to move the hair even with the cleaners it won't work (laughs) it won't work now here's the ultimate question Mm -hmm. with all these airbnbs you're picking up tours you're picking up Mm -hmm. what is your final end goal Mm. what is my end goal you know i feel like my i have two angles like one to be truly happy because the thing is i was an accountant before that was boring <laughs> so like airbnb and coaching and stuff is fun but my other goal is to really just show people how to run the business model because i didn't have anyone really to teach me i had coaches but they weren't teaching me the things that i'm learning now you know and i want to be able to like help people do the things that i weren't i wasn't able to do when i first started and like make the kind of money I made and I'm making with it. That's dope. Mm-hmm. That's dope. So I know that sounds like gushy, but it's the honest truth. It's the honest oh, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> your Instagram name is Coach for the Host. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm figuring you like the coach. So that's, yeah. that is oh, that's my favorite part. There's, there's money in that too. We, I made the same amount coaching that I did in Airbnb and Toro in the same amount of time mm-hmm. in the past six months. Mm, I'm gonna have to talk to you about that in the coaching. I think 
okay so many people come to me saying oh my gosh like I put my Airbnb up and everyone's asking me like you know if I can't they can steal my time and stuff I don't know what to say to them and there is a market for coaches and if you want to teach people how to coach that's another market too I might have to, might have to get into this coaching game I noticed, I noticed everybody's doing it I don't know why you're not everybody asks me like, I get that all the time like do you coach I'm like uh-huh I have a podcast you can listen to and learn everything <laughs> yeah. that I'm saying. But. No, but the thing is, um, what I learned, too, is I started off with one-on-ones, and then I went to – well, I started off, like, even in September with one-on-ones because I just started coaching, like, October. And then I've, like, built my way up to, like, almost 5,500 followers. But one-on-one – start with one-on-ones to see, like, how you can change things and then go to group rounds, which are way easier than one-on-one. And then you Wait can start. Say that again? What are they? Uh, group rounds. Okay. So much easier. Like, do group coaching. It's so, like, not, okay, the thing is with group, with group, with one-on-ones, people can hold you. And they're like, I got another question. I got another question. So they'll hold you for an extra 30 minutes. And your call is supposed to be an hour, right? Versus a group, everyone is like, okay, I have, a, I have things to do. This is a group call. Let's be off at the time we say we're going to be off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the coach, the the courses is after that, after you've refined all three. Ah, uh, you've been studying it. I like that. Okay. Actually, I've invested thousands into coaches to teach me how to like position myself and like position my knowledge. Cause I feel like I had so much, I just didn't know how to organize it. You you do a good job of it. I can tell by your Instagram, your your stories. They're uh-huh. very well, you know, you you keeping people engaged, you're doing very well. You're doing a good uh, job on your story. So yeah, I, I can peep it. Thank you, thank you. It's fun. This is this is fun. This is better than accounting. <laughs> For real, I mean, yeah. if you can find your passion, that, that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. If you find your passion. If you if you get paid to do your passion, you'll never work a day in your life. And and it feels good. It feels good. I could talk about Airbnb all day for free, but but. You can, I'll give all my information that I know. It's just, you're just paying for my time because my time is my hot commodity. I'll give you all the information. You pay me $20 for five minutes and you want to know how to get a landlord to say yes. That's what we'll talk about in that five minutes. Like I'll give it all. (laughs) It's not, there's no price limit on like this knowledge is this much money. No, it's just, you know, so (sighs) I love this stuff. So there's two things I'm going to ask you on the way out because you you do two special you're specialized in Toro and Airbnb. What is one thing you would give to anyone that's looking to hop into the Airbnb space and one thing you'd give someone looking to hop into the Toro space? Okay, let's start with Toro. If you are starting Toro, just know that if you're using your... Okay, well, if if you plan on doing a Toro play and you want to use your personal credit, pay someone... No more than probably one to two thousand dollars to fix your credit. Someone who's like reputable, not someone, not your friend, not your family member, like someone reputable who can fix your credit so that you can go ahead and do the play. But also um, know that your credit will take a hit. Okay, so you have to be okay with your credit taking a hit. But get get cars that you know will make you money, aka economy cars, so that although your credit's hit for a little bit, you're gonna you're gonna be making the money instead. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, so like be okay with your credit being hit, right? And then for Airbnb, um, what can I have for Airbnb? I would say, and it sounds I it sounds like I'm trying to sell something, but like book a call with me. Like book a call with somebody, book a call with TJ with Alexia, somebody who knows the game because 
a lot of people are getting evicted because they're not doing it right or you know they're not getting the reviews they want or they just can't figure it out and it's because they it's like it's like you got like these people are going they're going to a class right or it's like going to a final exam and not ever having any curriculum or not having a teacher but just taking the final exam you're gonna fail versus mm-hmm. if you have a curriculum and a teacher you're most likely going to get at least 80 percent of that test aka like invest in someone who knows how to do it airbnb is not easy toro is easy no lie airbnb is not something you can just hop into it's not mm-hmm. there's a lot behind it and you know this like there's just so much behind it thanks but that's dope thank you Kier, for coming on this has been a really good episode yeah. you dropped some gems on me that i need to start using i was like oh. <laughs> so no, definitely. You're amazing job too like i love what y'all are doing and i'm happy to be the first i guess podcast guest for for alone but yeah <laughs> you know this is this is probably gonna be your most viewed podcast hopefully so because i'm gonna definitely no, be. put it out there it will be yeah fun. yeah As a matter of fact tell people where they can find you you are the coach for the host oh where they can find you Wow, what do you all saying? You can find me on Instagram at Coach for the Host. <laughs> I had a real this for the episode. So um yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Coach for the Host. I try to go live as much as possible. I say on my stories. I might not be able to get back to your DMs, but if you email me, I'll be able to see that email. So my email is I should have wrote this down, Kiera at forthehost.com. Um but yeah. Thank you for everything that you're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I'll definitely put your email in the show notes so they can oh, reach out to you. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank you. Thank yeah, thank you for coming on. This has been a really good episode. I'm happy we had you. It was good actually getting to meet you in person this weekend in Houston at the BLB oh, wow. Live. So, yeah, that was awesome. So, I can't yeah. wait. So, next yeah, time, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, tell your wife I say hi, too. She is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, she she enjoyed it as well. So uh, definitely, we'll definitely have you back on probably episode 200 when you're at, what, 60, 70 units. So we will definitely. Have oh, we'll see. When me and my class combine, hopefully we're there. Because <laughs> <laughs> we get that work in. But thank you so much. I appreciate this. Oh, facts, facts. Yeah, we got to get get you out there. A lot of people are going to be hitting you up after this. So. Hope so. Yeah. All right, Kier. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great evening. You too. Bye. Okay, bye. All right. That was Kiera Castleberry with from Coach for the Host on Instagram. Definitely check her out. She is killing it. She drops a bunch of gems daily, really, on her uh, Instagram Live and Instagram Live and Instagram stories. But yeah, hope y'all enjoyed the first episode with me solo doing a solo interview. You know, Stevie Stacks usually is the uh, question asker. But uh, I think I did a good job. But yeah, thank y'all for tuning in. Thanks for continuing to listen to us. Remember to find us. And you can find us at liveletthrive.com. Email us, liveletthrive at gmail.com. And follow us on IG, Twitter, all that good stuff. And thank y'all for continuing to listen. We are out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.